My name is Marcy Rader, and I finished writing the book Beyond Travel: A Road Warrior Survival Guide. Welcome to Please Finish Your Book, the show where busy people became published authors. Listen as they share their story, along with practical tips that you can use to get your book finished. Now, here's your host and retired mud runner, John P. Thank you, Erica, and thank you, authors and soon-to-be published authors, for listening, rating, reviewing, and sharing, and subscribing to this show. For those who haven't yet subscribed, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Go to pleasefinishyourbook.com for instructions. Yes, I retired from mud runs. I did 10 of them down in San Diego, Camp Pendleton. Oorah to my fellow Marines. However, today's guest did two triathlons in the same year and over a hundred ultra endurance races. She comes from my industry, corporate training. She's now a productivity and health coach who specializes in combining science, technology, and behavior change to declutter your body, your mind, and your inbox, one habit at a time. Please listen closely as Marcy Rader shares her book, story, experience, and advice with finishing a book. But first, check out this review from someone who's already read her book. My name is Wendy. The title of the book is Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior's Survival Guide. What I loved most about the book is that she provided hands-on, doable, practical ways to stay fit and healthy when you're on the road. I've read this book and given it to several friends as gifts because they, like me, are road travelers. Thank you, Marcy. Hello, Marcy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. What do you prefer? Scary movie or funny movie? Funny. City or countryside? City. Jogging or hiking? Running. (laughs) Running. Okay, okay. I'll take that. Attractive or smart? Smart. Super sandwich? Soup. Fashion or function? Function. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Coke or Pepsi? Kombucha. What's that? (laughs) It's fermented tea. I don't drink soda. Spring or fall? Spring. And last one, camping or hotel? It used to be camping, but now that I'm older, definitely hotel. Thanks for playing. I'll see if I can turn your choices into a little story or something at the end of the show. Now let's get into the book. Give us a short synopsis of what this book is about. Sure. This book is written for road warriors and business travelers to help them be healthy and productive on the road and to let them know that you don't have to sacrifice your health, your efficiency, or your relationships in the name of business travel. However, um, I have had many people that don't travel at all that say that it doesn't matter that they're that they get so much from the book. Um, from a health and productivity perspective that they don't care that they're not business travelers. When I wrote it, um, I, you know, I traveled about 40 weeks per year. Whoa. Yeah. And um, anywhere from three to five days a week. And so I was thinking of it more in terms of that level of travel. But, and, and that was the first book that I wrote on travel, health and productivity. And then when I wrote the second book, Beyond Travel, um, you know, I, I realized that there were so many people reading it that 
didn't travel as heavily that it, I focused it also more on just mobile professionals. And to me, a mobile professional is anyone that works outside of a typical office more than 50% of the time. So it could just oh. be somebody that's traveling around the city all the time oh, and, wow. and um, not even just, you know, um, getting on planes, but they're maybe just driving from site to site to site. There was a time when I traveled a lot, so I could definitely relate to this book. And I know several friends who are contractors and do a lot of traveling. So when you travel for business, do you have like like different routines to maintain the health? And Yes. So I focus on health and productivity because I believe they go together 100%. Mm-hmm. And so part of my book is productivity in terms of, you know, um, your email management, task management, and so on, but all the way into outsourcing both your personal and your professional life. And also um, how to eat healthy on the road, you know, several times or several things that business travelers do uh, that sabotage themselves is one of the things is, you know, they they treat business travel like they're on vacation and they go to restaurants and they eat like they're on vacation. But <laughs> when you're traveling for business, that's your lifestyle. So you yeah. can't eat like you're on vacation. So some some of it is just a mindset switch as well. I mean, real step by steps as well as stories. Yes. Also to- yes, absolutely. So I like to tell different stories throughout the book. Some of the crazy things that I did, but also that I've heard <laughs> other people do. I have one section on nutrition. And one of the things is, you know, the number one mistake business travelers make is that they try to eat their per diem. <laughs> You know, like uh, if you get $75 a day, you you feel like you need to eat $75 worth of food and you can't eat like you're on vacation. And also, you know, grocery stores still exist when you travel <laughs> and you can actually eat at them even when you're not at home. Funny. So that my, would be my hand one is thing. Yeah. That, that was me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did that. I tried to max out that per diem every time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's psychological. We feel like we, you know, we have to get every penny from our company that we can. And so we will buy the the appetizer, the meal and the dessert at dinner, even though we're stuffed because we still have $50 left to spend. Does, does this book also you know, incorporate technology as well? Now, I have a half the book probably is on um, technology and productivity. So wow. we talk about different apps, but also the behaviors to go with the technology. You know, mm. email is um, a blessing and a curse for most people. And, you know, most of the, the private coaching I do is with email management because it is so pervasive. But what we have to understand is even if we have the right technologies in place with email, we have the right apps, we have the right systems, it's our behaviors in addition to that that you know, trigger our reactivity to the email. So, you know, I'm, I'm not only talking about, you know, you know, go in and do this, 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 and this if you have Gmail or X, Y, and Z if you have Outlook. And this will help, you know, make your inbox more efficient. But also, how can we decrease that email addiction or that feeling of overwhelm, especially when we travel and we feel like we need to be available all of the time? Nice. Now, we're at a point in the show where we call it the rap session, yeah. where you can read a portion of your book. 
And are you prepared to rap for it? I am prepared to rap for you. <laughs> All right. Go for it whenever you're ready. Business travel isn't part of your job. It's a lifestyle. During my second year in the field of business travel, we moved from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to Raleigh, North Carolina. I glanced at my itinerary and realized that I didn't need to arrive at the airport at 8 a.m. My plane departed at 8 a.m. <laughs> it was 7.05 and we lived 12 minutes from the airport. In a panic, I jumped in the car knowing that if I missed my flight because I was late, my my company would make me pay the difference to reschedule. I could only hope it was a day that the line through security was easy. I drove much faster than was safe and later found out I even cut off a friend of mine in traffic. I pulled into the parking garage and drove up and around and around level two, then level three, at which point seeing no spaces at all, I said, screw it, and drove directly up to level five and parked. Dragging my roller bag, I ran to the elevator and then waited until what seemed like my next birthday for the doors to open. At level four, a guy stepped in and said, smiling, where are you headed? My blank stare caught him off guard. In that moment, I had to actually reach into my bag and look at my itinerary to remember I was going to San Diego. The cities had all become a blur. As luck had it, I breezed through security and made it to the gate minutes before they shut the runway door. I had planned to stop and get my breakfast of champions, a frappuccino and scone, on the way to the gate. Since I would have surely been late, I had nothing to eat before boarding my four-and-a-half-hour flight. For the first half hour, I kept looking down the aisle, willing the flight attendants to come by with my coveted Delta Biscoff cookies and something to drink. The smell of the cheese bagel from the guy next to me made me want to eat my my own arm. Finally, an announcement came on that the turbulence was too great and they would have to delay service. When it did resume, it would only be drinks. The airline had not received their delivery of Biscoffs and someone on the plane was allergic to peanuts. By the time I got off the plane at almost 1 p.m., I felt like someone had taken a hammer to my head while there was a wild animal eating its way out of my stomach. And of course, I was supposed to drive directly to work at a site visit with my manager. It was in that moment I knew that if I was going to to survive in this business, I had to get it together. My travel, my nutrition, my exercise, my sleep, and my work had to be very focused. There could be no more Marcy-induced spontaneity if I was going to have any hope to not end up a fat, frazzled business travel traveler that looked 10 years older than I was and burned out after two years on the road. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> I'm sure there are many people that can relate to. I I, I could totally relate. <laughs> I could totally relate myself. Wow. All right. Hi, this is Ejene, and I wanted to leave a, a comment about Beyond Travel Award Warrior's uh, Survival Guide by Marcy Rader. I have to say I got excited about getting organized, healthy, and productive in my work and life overall because Marcy's writing is so real. It's so sincere that it really felt the whole time like she was talking only to me. Plus, I mean, she has major walking the talk cred, this lady, because, you know, whether it's beating stress, accomplishing goals, feeling better, playing more, uh, Marcy is doing all that and showing us how to do it. I just love that. So, um, if you want a fun, dynamic, really amazing read that no on-the-go, you know, amazing road warrior should do without, then this is the book for you. This is John P. I have a question and a favor to ask of the soon-to-be-published authors. How do you want me to refer to you on this show? Soon-to-be-published authors? Aspiring authors? Future authors? Because I want to address you in a way that lets you know that I know that you know that I know that you know you will soon finish your book. So which is it? 
do me a favor. Go to pleasefinishyourbook.com and click the menu for polls and surveys or go to pleasefinishyourbook.com slash polls and make your selection. Give me your input. Let me know. Because when I started this podcast, I was a soon-to-be podcaster or a future podcaster or an aspiring podcaster. Now that I am a podcaster, those prefixes are gone. Let me know. Go to pleasefinishyourbook.com slash polls. Let me know how you would like to be addressed on this show. Thank you. Back to the show. So now the next segment of the show is about the author. And this is where we find out a little bit more about you. You gave us some glimpses. Where did you grow up and what stands out about your childhood? I grew up in rural Indiana. Um, the address was actually called Farmland. And hmm. <laughs> our traveling when I grew up consisted of just a few vacations where we stayed in hotels because we mostly camped. And what stands out about that is when I... You said, I'm sorry, you said you mostly... Camped. We went camping. Oh, camping. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wow. A hotel was a real treat for us. We mostly were in tents when we would go on vacation. And when I started traveling for business in my 20s, I didn't even know that I was supposed to tip the hotel maid <laughs> because it just wasn't something that ever occurred to me or that I was ever exposed to. And if my parents did tip the hotel maid when I grew up, it certainly wasn't visible enough that, that, I, that I realized I was supposed to do it. What did you want to be when you grew up? I think it changed every year. Uh, <laughs> All right. but what stands out? It, yeah. What I, I just knew I wanted to make a difference, and I ah. knew I wanted to live in a big city, and what I do now, I couldn't have dreamed it at the time mm -hmm. because it didn't exist. And so when I, when I think about people, when I, when I talk to my nieces or I talk to people that are young now, and they tell me what they want to be when they grow up, Part of me just wants to say, yeah, that's what you think. Because, mm. because when you get out into the, into the world or you get exposed to people doing things that you would have never thought, how did this job exist? Or, you know, what is that? It's hard to know that that, that possibility even occurs. And where I grew up, you know, you, you were kind of one of a few things. Um, you were a teacher. You were a farmer. Um, you worked at the post office. You know, you cut hair. I mean, it was just very, you know, very, very narrow because it was such a small community. Things that you were exposed to. So, you know, just knowing that I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I just knew whatever I did, it was going to be big. Now, after high school or college, what career did you find yourself spending the most time in? Um, my my degrees are in exercise science and then a master's in health promotion. But I kind of fell into the world of clinical research in the pharmaceutical, medical device and biotech area. And that's where I spent um, about 13 years was in clinical the clinical research industry. Which hobby or passion did you find yourself spending the most time doing? Endurance, Before the book. Yeah, endurance and ultra-endurance racing in running, triathlon, mountain biking, and adventure racing. And um, I, I've raced in over 100 ultras and um, long-distance endurance races in the last, uh, since 2000, since 2000, actually. Wow. And, yeah, one of the reasons why I thought, you know, maybe I could help other people that travel for business is that I did two Ironman triathlons during my heaviest year of travel, and I was able to train and race and work and get promoted and still have a date with my husband every week. And um, so, you know, that that was a big part of my life for about a decade. Wow. I, I actually did 
the mud run. I did 10 mud runs in the past uh, about 12 years down in San Diego. That was pretty fun. But wow, triathlon, never done it. Wow. Very That's good. That's next up for you, John P. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Now, now, share with us before the book a personal hardship that shaped you into who you are today. Absolutely. It, um, a little over two years ago, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, and I had spent about four years. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And after about $6,000 in copays of, you know, different doctors and trying to figure out, you know, what, what the issue was, um, you know, they had just kept missing one lab test. And so I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which is a thyroid, autoimmune thyroid. And it really made me look at the lifestyle that I was living and stop fooling myself about what was healthy and what wasn't. And while all of that racing is, you know, sounds very impressive and I don't regret that I did it, I, I didn't cause my autoimmune disease because a person can't do that. Um, but I did trigger it and I triggered it with a lifestyle that was very high intensity. Um, and so when I, and, and I was diagnosed with that between my first and my second book. So when I wrote my second book, it was more about, you know, not trying to be superwoman or superman, but really Climbing the ladder, getting promoted, building a business, and traveling without sacrificing your health or your productivity. And so, you know, when I first was diagnosed, I thought it was terrible. Um, I thought, who would hire me? You know, I, I'm supposed to be the healthiest person in the room. But then what I realized later was that it, it's probably the best gift that I've ever been given. If, if, you're, if my body can give me a gift... And I appreciate my disease more than I appreciate any medal or national championship or anything else that I've done. And I sincerely mean that. It, I, I have more empathy. I have just a different outlook on life and what I want to spend my time doing. And while I still exercise every day, it's a really important part of my life. You know, I was spending anywhere from 12 to 20 hours a week training. And now I prefer to, you know, devote that time to other things and exercise like, you know, uh, in a much different capacity in a different way because of this gift that I was given. Mm, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us as well. Did you just slow down? Did you find yourself mm -hmm. just... I, smelling the roses and yeah absolutely and I used to be um, very rigid about certain things um, very black and white very rigid mm -hmm. and you know if my training plan said that I was supposed to bike 86 miles and I was at 85.7 I would ride around my cul-de-sac until I hit that 86 you know if, mm -hmm. it, if I was supposed to run for 64 minutes I would run around my cul-de-sac until I hit 64 if I was at 63 and, and I was very rigid about things and now I, I see that there is gray. There's always gray um, to life, and and that you know anything that you're you're given, you can cry about it and wallow about it. And what I decided was, I gave myself 24 hours to cry, three months to figure it out, and um, and now I see it as a gift. Nice. Next question. Mm -hmm. Before this book, 
What specific personal accomplishment or unique talent were you most proud of? Starting my own business and being in black in the black the first year. <laughs> wow, the first year. Now it 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 means that I grossed six thousand dollars, John. But hey, okay, got it. But I was <laughs> but still, still in the black. In the black. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow, congratulations. Well, thank, you, thank you. Which book do you wish you were the author of? That is an easy one. Um, the Power of Less by Leo Babata. That oh. book changed my life. Uh, absolutely changed my life. And I followed him for a very long time and, and um, until I felt like I'd gotten everything that I could squeeze out of him. And But I... I from I, I mean, for many people, I'll say start with that book. I just mm. it's it was very simple. He's you know very powerful in such a simple way, and um, I'm really inspired by him and his lifestyle and his book. Power of less. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay, I'll add that to the show notes as well. Hello, this is John P. On my long daily commutes in Los Angeles traffic, sometimes up to three hours a day, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. Audible provides over 180,000 audiobook programs, and I've been using them since the year 2000. That was before they became an Amazon company and also before smartphones. I had two MP3 players. One held music and the other one had books. When my MP3 player was too full to hold any more books... Audible allowed us to burn the books onto a CD. I can remember ordering one book that was so big that it took 20 CDs to hold it. Now, I listen to the books on my smartphone using the Audible app. You can do the same thing, or you can listen straight from your computer. Remember when Marcy mentioned that she wished that she had written the book The Power of Less by Leo Bubata? Well, Audible has that book. You can get that audiobook for free. Just go to pleasefinishyourbook.com slash free audiobook and start your 30-day free trial. Or go to pleasefinishyourbook.com and click the Audible logo on my webpage to get started. Now, the mindset yeah. when you're developing this book. What actually led up to the book idea, e either for this book or the previous book that was just a starting point for this one? Yeah. So well, the um, when I worked in clinical research, um, at my last few years, I was a corporate trainer, and I trained new clinical research associates in a program that lasted three to four weeks. And these were all people who were new to business travel. And on one of the last day, like the second to last day, we did what I called Marcy training. And, you know, my company would let me do it. And it was a um, training module that I created on healthy and productive travel. And I always got the best feedback on that module. And they would say, this was the best, you know, best module out of the whole three weeks and four weeks. And that's where I got the idea of starting my business and, and helping, you know, helping travelers and be healthy and productive on the road. And so I decided right then, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is the book I'm going to write. And um, so it was. It all came from the uh, training class in San Diego of about 20 people that um, really inspired me to to write that first book. Nice. Who motivated you to actually move forward with it? 
Well, I didn't tell very many people that I was writing a book because I didn't know very many people who were authors. And it's really interesting. Once you become one, it's like you're part of a club, like a super <laughs> yep. club. And then you start <laughs> meeting them everywhere. And <laughs> they're all over. <laughs> and, you know, what, what attracted me to this podcast is that so many people can say, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. But when you've met somebody else that is an author as well and their book is published, you know what they did to get there. And yeah. it's like, high five. You are in that <laughs> club. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Love it. <laughs> now, give us a snapshot into how busy or distracted you were during the process of this book, whether the beginning, during, or even toward the end. Sure. Um, well, the first, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you about both the books. Okay, sure. So the first book is Hack the Mobile Lifestyle, Six Steps to Work Well and Play More. And that one is like the baby book, baby sister, to Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior Survival Guide. And when I first, when I when I did Hack the Mobile Lifestyle, I had a deadline to publish it because I wanted to quit my job and start my <laughs> business. And I knew that I wanted that book to coincide with that date. So having a very very clear cut deadline that first book was really important the second book I was actually, this was when I had my business already, I was, I, I had already had the tools and behaviors in place to help me finish it quicker, but at the same time, I also had another deadline, and it was um, another business anniversary, and I had a contract with Extended Stay America Hotels as their savvy traveler, and we were kind of launching that partnership and I wanted it to coincide. So I think that the busyness was there, um, but the I had the I had more of the tools and behaviors on that second book because mm -hmm. my first book I see it really more like a practice book. I see. Yeah. What doubts did you have about actually writing the book, if any? Uh, oh, I had some. Um, well, you know what? That's not true. I thought I was a good writer <laughs> when I first did it. Um, it my first book was complete do it yourself. And there was a point where I lacked confidence because even my own husband never made it through the third chapter of the draft. Oh. But, yeah. But later I decided, you know, it didn't matter if he liked it or not because he wasn't my intended audience. And and I, so I needed to let that go. Um, but my, my doubts were... I, I think not knowing any other authors made me doubt myself more. And if I were, you know, when I talk to someone thinking about writing a book, what I, what I say is find other authors, find the community, because on the days that I was having those doubts, I wish I would have had someone, some kind of community, which now, I mean, you know, I, they're all over. I just didn't know where they were. Mm -hmm. um, but I wish I had had that for, you know, somebody to call and tell me, yes, you can write this book. Keep going. Excellent. Now, how often did you actually write and where did you find yourself writing the most? Was there a particular location that gave you the most inspiration? Yes. So I, there were some chapters that were really fun for me to write, and then there were other ones that was just hard for me to get into the groove. So one thing that I did for both books 
was I would make myself write for one Pomodoro every day. And a Pomodoro is a 25-minute block of time. And, and so even if I wasn't in the zone, I would make myself write for 25 minutes. But a lot of times I would find that I would continue on even after that 25 minutes. But yeah. for my second book, I decided to also do Pomodoro 25 minutes every day, but I made Thursday a dedicated day um, that I would spend at least a couple of hours writing. And I live, I'm so fortunate, I live next to a, a gorgeous state park. And so I would leave my phone at home so I couldn't cheat and use the hotspot. And I would drive to the park and it would just be me, a picnic table, my laptop, the squirrel and a large coffee and I would sit there and it was I had no distraction and because I didn't even have my phone there was nothing for me to do but write and I found that you know just being there in that park was inspiring um, you know it, it took some you know it took a little bit more effort for me to like go there so I wasn't going to cheat myself out of the time you know like if I was in my office and I might say oh 25 minutes that's enough you know go to something else but I had made an effort to go there and set up and write and that I think helped tremendously what did you do for fun to take a break from the writing oh well I would still set my little Pomodoro and mm-hmm. um, I would uh, do some exercises I usually did like a couple of minutes of squats or lunges or or different things while I was um, in between or you know as as my breaks but but for the most part, I found that I didn't need to take breaks on those Thursdays when I was at the park. When I was mm. writing during the week, I would need to take breaks. But when I was at the park, I was just a lot. I was just inspired to continue to write. Did you have a challenging moment or some type of major distraction during the process of this book? Yeah, I during the, my second book writing, I was going mm-hmm. through contract negotiations with Extended mm-hmm. Stay America, and I really didn't know until the last minute before printing if you know if the contract was going to be final. We knew it was going we knew it was going to happen, but they were supposed to write my forward, and you know we we couldn't have them write the forward until the contract was signed. So it was I just felt all this stress because I really wanted this forward from you know this national hotel chain and so that was that it was that that timing and contract negotiations was my biggest stressor really give us a little glimpse into the editing process did you have your another editor or did you edit yourself oh so here's Uh, Uh my first book my girlfriend did it for free and oh. um, and I really appreciated it because I didn't have the money to pay a professional editor but she wasn't a professional editor either and um, she did you know she did a great job but when the book came out I I knew a, I had a friend who was an author and he sent me a marked up document with at least 50 errors in the book and those were just the ones he captured and I was mortified and mm-hmm. so for my second book I hired an editor even though I didn't think I could afford one and she just sent me my first chapter of how she would change it and how you know the edits she found and then I realized I couldn't afford not to hire her Um, when I look at my first book uh, I don't want to embarrassed is a strong word because you know I still put it out there but Mm -hmm. I don't I don't care if it's ever sold if if it ever sells another copy again because (laughs) 
because my mm. second one is so much better. And the reason why it's so much better is 90% because I hired an editor. And if you're going to skimp on an area, don't skimp on editing. But um, before you send it to an editor, you can save a lot of money and time if you download a program like Grammarly. And I discovered Grammarly um, like the weekend before I sent it to her. And it captures all your poor grammar and your commonly used words. And one thing I realized is that when I'm writing, because I use a conversational style, I use the word actually a lot. And I would have never realized that, but it catches it and it'll say, you know, how many times you've used it. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, this program is <laughs> it's nice. amazing. I pay for premium and it, and it will even like work in your emails and anything you write. So now anything I write, that Grammarly extension is catching it for grammar and spelling and you use this too much and you use that too much. And, but it saved me so much money before I sent it to the editor because I was able to correct so many things using Grammarly. Great. Excellent. We're going to add that to the notes as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the title itself, Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior Survival Guide. Was that your first title? No. Or w- where did that title come from? Yeah, I had settled on a different travel or a different title. And I don't even remember what that was. But I surveyed some of my clients. I surveyed some of my list. And they gave me some feedback. And it was narrowed down a little bit. And then one day, I, I just I said something out loud. And then I said this, you know, Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior Survival Guide. And I was just like, that's it. That's it. And I think hmm. it takes, you know, saying it out loud, write it, talk about it, and then, you know, be willing to let it be fluid and not, don't get married to a title right away, but make sure that your title gives some indication of what the book is about. Because for one thing, it's more helpful for people to search, but you know, ask a lot of people what they think about it, because that that was my big thing is, you know, once I said it and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. And I sent it to my book marketing coach and my editor and they said, yep, that's the one. Now, what about the actual cover? How did you decide on that cover? Did you actually do that? Did you bring a designer in? I wish I had done that. <laughs> coach, um, I hired a book marketing coach and she used a cover designer um, that really all I did was a very general questionnaire, um, completed a very general questionnaire. And this guy was fabulous. He came back with something I couldn't have imagined. Um, it was even better. We only had to tweak it a few times. All I knew was that I wanted um, men and women with luggage, with some kind of devices and they're running, you know, or they're on a on their hamster wheel or on a treadmill or something. And, and so he, I'm so happy with the cover. It looks, it looks so cool. And it, it's a book that I am really proud to hold up mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm selling it or talking about it. Right. I love it. I love the cover. Now you chose self-publishing. Yes. Why did you choose that route? I wanted the freedom to print on demand because I do workshops, live events and speaking engagements. And, you know, I, I want to, I like to be able to, you know, okay, I want to order 50 copies, I want to order 100 copies and so on. Um, but also what I really like about it is that it doesn't cost me to make corrections. And with my first book, oh, I made so many corrections because <laughs> people would say, do you know this is spelled wrong or this is this or whatever. And so, you know, with um, Kindle, with Amazon, you know, the changes take place 
well, so it'll say it can take up to 12 hours. Sometimes it takes place immediately. And, and it's so easy to go between Amazon, Kindle, and CreateSpace. And I just really wanted that freedom. And the process isn't too complicated. Um, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not as easy as some people would make it seem. Like, oh, yeah, anybody can do it. I think it's good to have somebody helping you through the process that's been through it before. But, um, but at the same time, I just I really like the freedom of, of Amazon and CreateSpace and the ability to make corrections, add or subtract as needed. Great explanation. What new skill do you feel that you gained during the process of finishing a book? Well, my my well, the the finishing was the actual launch day, and to mm-hmm. me, and that <laughs> learning what it yep. takes to be an Amazon number one bestseller on launch day, mm-hmm. and I would yeah. never have made it there if it weren't for my book coach, and her name is Diana Needham, N E E D H A M, Diana Needham, nice. and she. Um, all of her authors have become Amazon number one bestsellers, and it is a uh, it takes a village. I had no idea what it takes to get there, and I and I know I wouldn't have without her help. So learning that marketing process, like that, just that whole lead up to the launch um, and and the actual launch day itself. To me, that book wasn't finished until launch day at Med. Awesome. Yeah. How did you celebrate after the book was finished and available for sale? Well, when I found out I was number one bestseller, I was by uh-huh. myself on my couch and I was just like, oh, <laughs> well, I'm a bestselling author now. Um, so it was a little anticlimactic. And I, and I actually didn't realize that I was number one. I, I misunderstood and, and everything, but... Um, so I don't, I don't remember if I did anything really big, but I do know that it freed up a lot of time hmm. because I had been working a lot of nights and weekends at a high intensity pace to try to, to keep up with the life or sure, sure. keep up with that deadline. What would you do differently for your next book? I think I would maybe get an illustrator just to add some variety. Um, hmm. We, and, and maybe add um, some photos, although I, I didn't, I didn't push the photos too much in the illustrations of this book. I didn't care as much because they don't show up on Kindle very well. I mean, anytime I've had a book with illustrations or photos on Kindle, I don't even look at them. But mm. I think in a hard copy book, they're nice to have. Yeah. Um, so, But one thing I did on my second book that I didn't do on my first that I really like is that because so much of what's in my book is technology and different apps and programs and websites and so on, instead of putting those in the book, because in a paper, you know, in a hardcover book, nobody's going to go in and type in all those links. In a Kindle, it's not always, it's still not great unless you have like a fire, Kindle fire, to link from a Kindle. So what I did is I created a bonus chapter, a hidden bonus chapter that you can sign up for, and then every single link that I talk about or every single piece of research I cite, anything that's in the book is on that hidden bonus chapter as well as discounts and um, videos and different things and I add to it all the time. So that's one thing I did differently um, from my first to my second book that that I think is really cool. All right. Now we're toward the end of the show. Uh Have a couple more things. The first thing is to find out from you what is a short actionable tip or step-by-step process that will be beneficial to someone who hasn't yet finished a book. Schedule time daily and set a timer. And even if it's only 10 minutes, 
I think to I think the repetition is helpful. Yeah. But also, I think even more so is to remove yourself from your current space and go somewhere that's just for writing. And it doesn't have to be a park. It can be um, a particular coffee shop. It can be a different room in your house. It, you know, but go somewhere else, and that's your writing space. What about a word of encouragement for anyone who hasn't finished yet? That you can do it. Uh, you know, just like I was talking about when I was growing up and, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't exposed to people that did a lot of different types of things. And I didn't think that, you know, I never would have envisioned myself as an author, um, especially of two books. And, and I am, and, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not any, I'm, you know, I'm not anything special. I mean, there, it's just, you, just, you can do it. What are you excited about working on next? I was just thinking today about what my next book will be, actually. And I have always worked remotely because I traveled so much. So I've always worked from a home office. And a lot of what I write um, on my blog is about remote working as well. It's funny. It's either business travel or remote work. And I'm, I thought today, you know, I, I should make, make my next book about working from home. So that's, that's my consideration now. Nice. Nice. I'll definitely get that. Hi. My name is Tanya, and I read Beyond Travel by Marcy Rader. First saw Marcy speak at a conference, and I immediately connected with her energy and her message. This is the first book I've found that successfully mixes practical tips with real motivation. Her book's next to my bed. I consult it for efficiency and health hacks because it's not just related to travel. I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to make their health or work or exercise really effective. Hi, my name is Stan. I cannot rave enough about this book. Last year, I traveled over 100,000 miles. I struggle with productivity, with managing my fitness, eating right. This book is for the avid business traveler, and she helps you with the tips, tools, and tricks that can help you pack business travel. Buy it now and get on the road to success. I highly recommend it. Hi, this is Nikki Dunn. I'm doing a review for Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior Survival Guide by Marcy Rader. And what I like most about this book is that Marcy gives you a glimpse into the road warrior lifestyle and looks good doing it. Marcy gives you a, an inside look um, from her perspective because she's done this before. And as a seasoned road warrior or a newbie just starting out, anyone can benefit from this book. Even non-road warriors, I've recommended this book to project managers, uh, line managers, so on and so forth, and I've gotten good reviews back from my coworkers as well. I'm, I, from this book, I learned some new tips and tricks, added some new apps to my phone, and looked at a couple more videos that have helped me streamline my travel even more so than I already have. Thank you, Marcy, for writing another great book. Uh, we appreciate it, and keep up the good work. Thanks. Marcy, remember the answers you gave at the beginning of the show during the icebreaker? The random words from my what do you prefer game? Well, based on your choices, here's my suggestion. One day you should write a funny movie that takes place sometimes during the spring in a big city. The main character is smart and loves to run or loves running. Whenever she's watching a movie on Netflix, she's either eating soup or drinking kombucha, which is a fermented tea. What's interesting about her is that she's not a fashionable person. All of her buying decisions are based on how well something functions. One of the main settings of the movie will take place in a hotel instead of a campsite. <laughs> Marcy, give us one more word of advice. My name is Marcy Rader, the author of Beyond Travel, A Road Warrior Survival Guide. And if you haven't published a book yet, please finish your book. 
Thank you for finishing your book, Marcy, and thank you for sharing your message and your advice with the world. For a quick review of what was covered in this episode, visit the show notes at pleasefinishyourbook.com slash 005. Take it away, Erica. Did you learn enough to help you take the next step toward finishing your book? If so, share the show and let us know by visiting pleasefinishyourbook.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Hashtag Please Finish Your Book. 